When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Tom Bernard Show with Mike Bellino, Andy Bernard, Dave Schrader, and Hi. jingling all the way, Ralph W. Basham, MD, the Hackmaster. Now it should work. Okay, Dave Schrader. There, there I am. What the hell do Sorry. we always have a problem with that? Because I, I ramble so much off air, he has to pop me down. Way to go, Dave. Too much of a chatter. Typical. We'll be right back. Stephen Baldwin will join us next, Tom Bernard Show. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? At, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Due to the billions of marketing dollars spent by Walzer Automotive on Tom Bernard Podcast, you hopefully know that Walzer sells cars. What you might not know is that they also have two full-service collision repair centers in the Twin Cities. They're fully certified by all insurance carriers and can help you navigate all the paperwork if you ever have an accident. But wait, there's more. They've also been in the paintless dent repair business for nearly 30 years and can take those pesky dings out for just a fraction of what traditional bodywork costs. Broken windshield? Walzer Collision is a fleet of full-service mobile glass repair trucks as well, Walzer are pros at body and glass repair, but don't take my word for it. They have an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau and a nearly perfect 4.8 Google rating. Check them out at walzercollision.com. Year. Sorry, not of year, each year. I screwed it up. Typical. Typical of me. That's all I have to say. Our special guest, Stephen Baldwin. How you doing, sir? Hello. Yay, how are you? Very. Really? I like that. It's a very under, that's an understated delivery you got there, Stephen. <laughs> that works. Well, I'm, the lead, I'm the leader of a pilgrimage now, so there, there ain't too much I can do now that, that can be understated, so to speak. You are the, it's true, actor-producer Stephen Baldwin is hitting the road in the in the RV in a new series called Great American Pilgrimage, The Gap. Uh, yeah. I like it. That works for me. Do you? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I got to tell you one thing, and I, and I, and I love the guy. Uh, Danny, your brother, when he comes on this show, he calls me Barnes, first of all. He thinks right. he thinks my entire name is Barnes. Right. Hey, hey, Barnes, how you doing? So one time, last time he was on, Stephen, and I think the world of me, he's a great guy, but uh, he said, 
Barnes, Barnes, hold on a minute. So I could tell he put his, his phone in his pocket, and he's doing all this talking, and then he stops talking, and he's doing more talking, and then he stops talking. He's just a little more talking, and then he comes back and goes, okay, Barnes, I'm back. And I said, Danny, what were you doing? He goes, oh, I'm, I'm shooting a scene, and I just thought you'd kind of be interested to hear what it's like when I'm on stage. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> he just put his phone in his pocket, and uh, I got to be part of the movie. It was unbelievable. Yeah, did you make the cut? Uh, no. Part of the, oh. no, I never make the No, that's that's not going to happen. <laughs> it, it all works out. I want to hear about The Gap, Great American Pilgrimage. Uh, we'll air weekly on the RT starting on, uh, well, it already started, as a matter of fact, uh, what, about a week ago. Yeah, Correct? We just had, yeah, we just had the first episode. Well, the second episode just aired this past Sunday, and it's, it's on the RT network. That's their cable network. RT is Russia Today. Uh, so I'm colluding with the Russians. Well, way uh, to me, go. Way to yeah, go, Steve. Yeah, let me just fess up to that right now. Um, <laughs> and, and, and then uh, it's the same cable network. You know, Larry King's on there now. And, yep. uh What's his name? Uh, Jesse Ventura. Oh, my buddy. My very, very best friend in the world. He's got a new show on there. Is and, it... um, yeah, I, I listen, the, the Great American Pilgrimage is uh, – a rather kooky idea of mine and, and a bit of an experiment, uh, truthfully. I, I thought, what would happen if I just go out uh, in a regular Joe kind of way and talk to Americans about, uh, you know, what what does America mean to you? Uh, and and now, I you know, we're, we're done and kind of the vibe has been kind of, it's, I, I call this journaltainment, brother. I like uh, it. So it, it's actually uh, kind of a, a pretty cool conversation with different people from different walks of life. A- and my job as the host is to shut up and listen. That's what I, the, that's kind of the mission of this whole thing is. Uh, I think we're seeing so much uh, uh, opposition and protest in this because we're just not listening to the other side at all. Right. So the comparison I make, Barnes, is simply this. Um, <laughs> okay, Danny. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the compa- well, well, don't, now they're going to be Googling Daniel Baldwin, Great American Post. They will not. I'll, uh, I'll make very clear that it's Stephen. Here's the comparison. So Jerry Seinfeld has some fabulous TV show where he's in one of his fancy cars, drinking fancy coffee, talking to his fancy friends. My, my show's the same thing. Yeah. My show's the same thing. Right. It's Steve Baldwin in an RV with his dogs driving across the country talking to regular people and we're drinking regular coffee and it, it's still funny i'm deeply hurt that i wasn't involved because i would tell you something maybe a few things about about america that you didn't hear and well, maybe maybe you did hear i'm hoping that you heard Stephen, uh, on your journey um is it okay with the rest of the world that america always pays for and takes care of your problems is, is that part of america still okay because all of Western Europe wouldn't even exist if it wasn't for America. Uh, all of Mexico and South America would not exist without the United States of America. I can go on and on if you want. I love America, always have, always will. We have stepped up and protected the world more than anybody else. If we hadn't entered World War II, we'd all be speaking German now. Mm-hmm. Right? I love America. And I'd, I'd be, I'm very outspoken about that whole situation. Well, you know, America, America says, yeah, shut up. That's all I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> see, see, you're blessed, son. You get to tell whoever you want to shut up. Uh, uh, where I'm at in my walk with the Lord, I just got to tell myself to shut up. So, um, uh, so, so bless you. But, but here's the thing. I've been doing a lot of interviews about the show, and, and I tell people, look, I'm not afraid to say this. I was a Cub Scout, Boy Scout, you know, three fingers, salute the flag, you know, the whole, you know, I will be a good boy. I was raised in that Kennedy-esque kind of really ask not, et cetera, et cetera. And gosh, it, it, it really doesn't seem like that's the vibe to now, certainly. Uh, and, and I just wanted to go out and, and with a lot of fun talk to people. And, and here's an example. And you're, I agree with what you're sitting on. Don't get me started. If I start saying, you know, that America's the light shining, the shining city on a hill, you know, mm-hmm. Al, Al, Alec might, you know, 
parachute in any minute here. So, um, <laughs> you know, uh, I, I gotta be, I gotta be real careful with that one. I so, have to tell you something, Stephen, right, very quickly. You know yeah. what? An, you wanted an honor. It was that you just said that you trust this show enough to say something like that. I, I, that's quite an honor. Thank you. Well, you got listen because when I have a lot of Christian folks in my constituency that come up to me every day, what are we gonna do about that brother of yours? And I said, you know, and I, well, wait a second. And I say to those folks, hey, you know, I'm not sure what, what's gonna happen, but you're praying for them, right? Every day well, you're praying for Alec Ball, and they, they kind of turn a little red and they get a little nervous. <laughs> and they, you know. So you know, listen, you know, but again, there's not a lot of guys on the planet that are experiencing my dynamic, I assure you. Right. And still, I unabashedly, unapologetically will say, I believe in this country. I believe in a lot of the traditional attitudes and perspectives of this of this country. And I'll tell you something I, I haven't told anybody, and this is the truth. When the Trump, when the bully, when the, when the Billy Bush tape came out. Yes. My big brother called me, and this is what he said. He, he, he doesn't. He hasn't called me, you know, for months before that, because, you know, blah 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 blah. <laughs> right. So the Billy Bush tape comes out, and he calls me up. He goes, "Well, it looks like your boy is just handing this election right over oh, to us, don't God. you think?" Oh God. I mean, it just looks like he's handing the whole thing right <laughs> over to us, don't you think? So hold on, hold on. I am. And I, you know, I couldn't, I'm being honest with you. I, I couldn't help myself. I literally just, just wait for the, for the full response. Cause I went just like this. I went, <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, what's so funny? I go, you know, listen, bro, you're smarter than me. You're more successful than me. And God bless you. I said, but I really think you need to start preparing more for President Trump than I do for President Hillary. Trust me on that one. I said, I, I can't explain why. I really just, I just feel like the people are responding to this guy. And listen, amen. We were right. So well, there you go. That's it. You but know- now, 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 I, I'll shut up in one second. <laughs> now I could have I could have turned around and really been a jerk after that, couldn't I? But I haven't been. But because, uh, yes. Go ahead. Well, no, I admire you for that. So that's exactly what I was talking about. Because you you can have fun with it. You can talk about it. You don't. I've never seen you as a jerk. Anyway, by the way, I, I one of the reasons I really like your family is I have four brothers. My brother, the, the boys in my family are named Terry, Tom, Todd, Tony, and Troy. We're a Catholic family from North Minneapolis, and the way you guys interact is exactly how my brothers interact with me some of them won't talk to me others will talk to me yeah it's i know exactly what you what you're talking about and i will tell you this last time i talked to danny he did tell me that when you guys were kids alec would go out and run his mouth and start trouble and then danny'd have to come and beat the guy up for alec is that true well we yeah we all did that daniel was the biggest biggest. yeah he he threw a good punch oh yeah danny danny's a big guy uh, Stephen, your honesty is amazing. Have you always been this honest? Uh, no. Do you think it's because you 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 have faith now and you, you're trying to walk the straight line? Uh, well, uh, certainly. Uh, well, the, the the my experience and my journey with the Christian faith is allowing me to move in the direction that that I believe God has me to move. Um, between that and the fact that I'm blessed with same fabulous wife for quite a long time and yeah. i really don't want to screw things up at this point i'd like to just shut up and be a good boy and wait for the lord to return and see us <laughs> and see uh, see if, if if millions of americans uh, and folks around the world will become pilgrims and join the pilgrimage that's this is the most important part of my existence are most people happy for you because you have faith because to me uh, a lot of people like to criticize deep faith, whereas I'm happy. It makes you happy. Why wouldn't I be happy for you? Well, again, brother. Th- again, this is this is. There's a wonderful scripture in Second Thessalonians that says, "God will send a great delusion so that people will believe the lie. They'll believe lies in the world because they've turned their backs on God and they don't love Him anymore, as they should." 
That, that's a striking thought. That's a heavy scripture. All right. But get, guess what? It's what we're seeing right now. It is. Yep. You, you know, it's it's it, you know when I talk about certain family members and I say, look, you know, sometimes these folks say stuff to me, and I'm going, wow, wow, Re- like really, like you and and other Hollywood community folks that I talk to who literally say, you'll see, Mueller's on to him now. You'll see what's going to happen. You know, and, and, and that's cool. And then there's other friends of mine in Hollywood that are really intelligent people who are the quiet closet conservatives that are going, yeah, man, it's that bad. You know, it's, 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 it's a little Jimmy Jones action here. A lot of people drank a lot of Kool-Aid over here. And, you know, it just is what it is. And I don't, say that to to, to, to to be stupid in that comparison, but it, it's really true. It, it's just one of these things where as we see the pendulum swing back uh, as as radically as it, as it is and is going to, and by the way, uh, who are we kidding, guys? It, Tom Hanks is loving the new tax plan. Are you kidding me? <laughs> well, <Come they're> really... <laughs> All of them are, Stephen. They're they all are. loving it. Of course they are. You know, they're going, those bastards, cha-ching. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, it's true. It's absolutely true. I, uh, is there one area, as you were driving around, having a great time, and you said you had your dog with you? Hold on, I'm driving by a car right now. It has the most fabulous bumper sticker. It's like a political presidential bumper sticker when someone's running for an office, and it says... Trump, Putin. <laughs> oh God! That's pretty. Oh, I'm in New York, brother. Sorry. Well, you're in you New know, York. It's going to happen. You know where I am. You know where I am. Was there one area of the country you drove through that kind of surprised you that the people reacted the way they did? Um, not really. Uh, I I think one of the most telling parts of the pilgrimage for me was uh. We, a lot of the connectivity of the people we interviewed literally were rather spontaneous. We'd have, like, choices right. of people that we did a little pre-production on, but we really didn't even let them know anything about what we were doing or this, that. And there were some folks in Texas, some, some pretty normal, everyday, blue-collar folks, who, who got slammed from the hurricane, yeah. half their houses filled with water. It wasn't things got blown over and totally destroyed, but... Yeah, because of the mold and the flooding, these uh, like hundreds, you know, hundred thousand people lost their their, their homes in, in Texas. Mm-hmm. So we we went and talked to some of those folks, and you know, it, it, it was it was very meaningful to me for the folks in that environment. So what if it's Texas? There was all kinds of people getting in little boats and going around and doing what they could. To just be a blessing and help the other, help help your neighbor. Do do unto others as you would hope they would do unto you. That's a good. So, thing. yeah. So so you know the the vibration of the show has been really positive, guys. I mean it's it's really blowing my mind right now that the the reaction ninety nine point five percent of the time for Great American Pilgrimage is, hey Stephen, I appreciate what you're doing. I laughed my butt off and it was a positive message and it made me think. And I'm looking forward to the next episode. So I'm having fun. It's a wonderful thing. I need to take about a two-minute break. Dave Schrader is in studio. I've been hogging the mic the whole time. But uh, can you hang on for just about two minutes? You got it. Thank you, sir. Be right back. Tom Bernard Show. I'm Brad Huckle, president of North American Banking Company. Ask one of our bankers what they love about business banking. They always say the relationship with a client. Case in point, True North Oral Surgery and Implants is a longtime customer with a growing practice. Their banker, Julie Marshall, knows the ins and outs of what they do. So when they need working capital, an equipment loan, or funds for expansion, they call Julie. Are you looking for a banker you can count on? Give us a call. North American Banking Company, a better banking experience. Member FDIC and equal housing lender. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Eye Care. LASIK changed my life. Dr. David Whiting changed my life. He can get rid of those contacts, get rid of those glasses, and truly change your life. He's performed over 100,000 LASIK procedures, so there's no one else around who can compare. Let me tell you, if you're thinking about having your eyes corrected, check out Dr. Whiting and the folks over at Whiting Clinic. 
They've got the most advanced lasers. They've got the most experience. And they've got the best price guaranteed. All the reasons you'd choose Whiting Clinic for your LASIK vision correction. Make this year the year that you get LASIK from Dr. David Whiting. Schedule your free LASIK exam at whitingclinic.com and please tell them I sent you. That's whitingclinic.com to take the first step in having clear lens-free vision at Whiting Clinic LASIK and Eye Care. Actor producer Stephen Baldwin, our special guest, in an RV hits the road. New series called Great American Pilgrimage: The Gap. You're in New York right now. Did you? Did I just hear you? His GPS. Is your running. GPS said police are ahead. <laughs> Stephen, don't be speeding. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't understand the reference. There are a couple of other guys in the studio, four other guys in the studio, and uh, Ralph has a question for you. Stephen, Ralph Basham, you know, you, you, you say that this is going to be on Russian television or their, their station. 700 million viewers, only about 12% are in America. You know, do you find it interesting that there's such a hunger for uh, American programming in Russia itself and in the areas that they influence? I think it's positive. I think it's a great thing. Oh, well, and and I'll tell you something. Uh, Stay left, bro. (laughs) Stay left, bro. And then just follow that. Thank you. That's live on the air. uh, It is. We like it. Talking to this guy. Um, Well, well, here's the the thing that's interesting. You you know, again, me being me, you guys being you guys, you kind of have to select in, in a certain strategy what you think is going to maximize the potential. So, you know, if Stephen Baldwin wanted to do Great American Pilgrimage on Fox News or, you know, CNN or, oh, hold on, MSNBC, that's, 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 that's yeah, I, I did it. I said it. Um, <laughs> Stick in your throat a little bit. Uh, we can, we can uh, wait while you gargle and swish that flavor out yes. of your mouth. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, 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 I kind of gagged on the MSNBC there. Sorry. Um, but my, my point is uh, uh, I really had uh, a terrific opportunity to reach out to RT. There's a fella on there who's my guest host for season, season one, this guy Max Kaiser, who has a show on RT called The Kaiser Report. It's a financial show, and he's, he's kind of outside the box. He does things very kind of wacky and fun. And uh, he's had a show on RT for a long time. He's a very dear old friend of my family's. Uh, and he's also, interestingly enough, one of the big guys involved in Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, they were working with us. We have a Dash Digital Cash is the name of the cryptocurrency that was our corporate sponsor for the Great American Pilgrimage. That, that, you know, these, some of these crypto communities guys are doing a lot of fun, cool, charitable stuff and humanitarian work. And that's where we're excited to be partners with Dash Digital Cash because they really have a heart to do a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, but I would say the other crazy thing is if you look at RT's YouTube channel, guys, these guys from January till August of 2017 had billion replays of their CNN and Fox News. So, yeah, it's the the Russians, uh, but let me tell you something. These guys are quite successful in their distribution with what they're doing in their content. And Great American Pilgrimage is now moving in the direction like CNN did when they did uh, Parts Unknown. They just want to start creating new content that's more entertainment, but you know, journalistic and et cetera, et cetera. Do you find do you find that they exert any any kind of uh, control, of either uh, conservative or liberal or libertarian? It's, it, it seems like the communist kind of parties that have been successful, whether it's in Russia, whether it's in China, they've, they've taken sort of a libertarian attitude, like, hey, don't mess with this economy. Let's just get some cash out of it. Do you see anything like that, or, or they give you pretty much a free hand? Oh no, 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 no. So RT again is is is. Uh, I would say in the traditional sense, not like a movie studio, a for-profit network. It's owned by the Russian government, so they're doing it just to perpetuate their news channel and their cable channel and their awareness to grow RT 
like any other news network would. Um, so my deal was pretty amazing, actually, because they, they, they kind of got the pitch and they went, really? Is he, is he really going to dress up as George Washington and get on a skateboard? <laughs> we're like, yeah. You know, and they, you know, so, so they kind of said, well, we don't really get this, but it seems really fun. And it's, again, it's, it's the kind of content that we want to start bubbling out into. They've, they've given me complete autonomy and letting me just go have fun. And because the, the thing that's cool guys is they understand in the spontaneity of my personality that I can go out and capture some fun stuff. They've seen me on Celebrity Apprentice. They've seen me on these other programs. They know that I can create these moments of fun. You know, it's, it, it, I find it, it almost it blows my mind to think that uh, uh, Russian public television, which is pretty much your public television right. uh, network, yes. is being viewed in Syria, which is part of their sphere of influence, so to speak. And, yep. you're, and you're George Washington on a skateboard. That must, it must be so odd so bizarre for the for them uh, or in afghanistan or persia or in iran i mean i just i can't imagine just with a reception in those areas well i'm just glad in all of those places they are no longer seeing alec baldwin as trump but now stephen baldwin <laughs> as george washington okay? I, I, it's important <laughs> that america messages the world fairly and balanced I think I really I think it, it I, you know as, as an American I want to say oh, I don't know well, I'm uncomfortable but I think it's a wonderful thing I and, do I, too. and I think that there is this uh, insatiable too. need for American culture elsewhere and people want it and that's why they're doing it. Oh, European uh, television programming loves American culture as well. They've yeah. right, yeah, they they love to see the different aspects of it, and it's nice because as Stephen's talking about. You would think, Ralph, as you were saying, you would think that there was some type of, of political agenda. Well, you'd worry. Like Fox and MSNBC and CNN, but there's not. That's that's what makes it uh, a great, and I'm sure that's why it's drawing so many big names, because they're able to finally come out and talk and talk openly about different topics without fear of being forced to take a position one way or another. Hey, you know what I say, guys? Seriously, I'm not just, uh, I'm probably going to do an interview with this guy in a couple of weeks because he's on RT, but Ed Schultz. Yeah. was on MSNBC and jumped over to RT. Right. Uh, and if you look at his messaging and his programming now, it, it's not MSNBC. It's This guy had the wherewithal to say, wait a second, everything's getting so polarized. My job is to just be a journalist. And he probably realized he would have greater freedom to, to, to you know, be straight and, and straightforward with that on another network. So I, I think kudos. Uh, listen, do I me wrong? When, when Ed Schultz interviews me, I'm going to be a little nervous. You know what I mean? But, uh, <laughs> uh, it, it, you know, but it's nothing I can't handle. And, and I'm going to I'm going to say to him, I go, look, I respect that you're over here now. And, you know, I, I think it's probably a much greater opportunity for you to, to do what you love, which is just tell the news. Which well, is rough. Why you and yeah. I like to watch BBC. That's right. Right. We like to watch American news it, it, from a different perspective because right, we're not getting right. a skewed perspective on the That's story. Right. And, and I and I also and, and uh, Stephen, I I also listen to Al Jazeera English because sure. it, it it just seems Absolutely. to be another perspective. But they don't. It doesn't seem to Correct. be as distorted any way. No, they right. just report well, the, the the findings of yeah, what's going they, on. They, they listen. Anybody that understands content provision now. Like RT, like the BBC, stuff, and they're they're going to lean a certain way. So, uh, but I agree with you in that side. You can you hear me, okay, guys? Yeah. Yep, I can hear you now. I love you to death. I lost you brilliantly for about ten seconds. Well, that's all right. I was only talking anyway, so you didn't miss anything. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do want you to do me a favor. If you happen to run into Steven Seagal, who is now a Russian uh, citizen, you've you got to ask him to, to knock off the pronunciation of Putin's name because when he talks now, have you heard him talk about Putin? No, but is he a Russian citizen? Yeah, he became a Russian citizen, yeah. He, <laughs> he now, when he's, and I'm not, Steven, I'm not exaggerating this. He says... Well, one thing I have to tell you is I really enjoy uh, life in Russia. I love the Russian people. I enjoy my conversations with Vladimir Putin. <laughs> like, where did that accent come from? What well, he's, he's an artist. He's an artist. <laughs> he's, an artist. <laughs> he's just expressing himself. But, you know, you all may have given me a pretty good idea. I wonder if I should just try to see if we could put together a deal. Uh, 
Steven Seagal's Great Russian Pilgrimage. I love it. I think that's a, it's an interesting idea. It's a great idea, as a matter of fact, and, and you're just the man to do it, I will tell you that. <laughs> Stephen, can I ask, with, with going out there and seeing that this is, uh, there is such a division line in the United States, there is such a, a crazy boundary that people don't seem to be able to see over the wall on either side. Do you see that coming back together? Do you see that there's going to be this... Uh, uh, reinvigoration without it having to be something dramatic like 9-11 to bring people back together again? Uh, yes, I do, actually. Um, I just think, uh, particularly with what's happening with the new tax code, etc., uh, I mean, guys, uh, so many people are going to want to, again, drink drink the Kool-Aid. So, and, 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 you know, I say to people, it, it Leading up to the election, I said a couple of basic, simple things to people. I said, let me ask you a question. If I gave you a billion dollars and you could make it two, you'd have to be pretty smart, right? Yes. Or if I gave you a billion dollars and you made it four, you'd have to be pretty smart. Like, even if you weren't smart and you were smart enough to bring the people around you to make a billion, four billion, that's pretty smart, right? And people go, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I go, well, that's like what Trump does. That, that's the, like that's how smart he is. Like so, even if you think he's not smart, he he took a billion and he made it like four or six or eight or ten. So you know, he, he, you know, he's got to be doing something right. So yeah. I, I I make that joke just to say to people that uh, uh, not everybody's gonna unequivocally agree with. Uh, uh, every move, et cetera, et cetera. There's going to be a, no. a, a certain demo of people that won't agree. But as soon the, the numbers they're projecting of uh, the, the impact that, that this new tax reform is going to have, they're saying it'll be 10 times possibly the, the numbers we saw during the Reagan years. If that happens, then I think a lot of people are going to have a different attitude because uh, because money changes everything, and I don't mean that negatively. I just mean right. it, it, it's a if it's a if somebody living month to month, you know, could, could have an extra five hundred or seven hundred and fifty dollars a month in, in their budget to, to to do things with their family and go to the movies and afford the popcorn and things like that. You know, the, 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 we're going to see a change in, in in an attitude here domestically, and I think that's what we see coming. Stephen, I'll tell you my my. Quick story about Donald Trump. I've talked to him one time in my life, and I, I kind of a prelude to this statement. My wife's name is Catherine. Our son's name is Andy, and our da- daughter's name is Alexandra. And I was interviewing him when Art of the Deal came out in paperback. This is probably mm-hmm. 25 years ago, maybe. Sure. I've been doing the same show for 32 years now. But Donald Trump came on. I'd never met him. I'd never talked to him. Had no contact with him whatsoever. So I said, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Art of the Deals now in paperback, our special guest, Donald Trump. And he goes, Tom, how are you? I said, I'm doing very well. He said, I just saw your ratings. Your ratings are fabulous. The best ratings in America. I'm very proud of you. How's Catherine doing? I said, really well. Thank you, sir. It's fine. Nice of you to ask. He goes, so Andy and Alex, how are they doing? Uh, they're doing well. This guy knew everything about me, and I'd yeah. never met him. Yep. Very impressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, and listen, I'll tell you another story. I was doing Celebrity Apprentice. We were doing the finale. I think it was the one where Piers Morgan won. <clears throat> wow, I can't believe I said that name either. <laughs> anyway. Uh, uh, and, uh, and and they're and like the, the cameras are paused. They're in a commercial break, and Mr. Trump's sitting in the middle of the big executive table. He's going to announce who the winner is. And Don Jr. is on his right, and uh, uh, Ivanka is on his left. And in this break, I, I, all of a sudden I hear, Don, Don. And I look out of the corner of my it's Mr. Trump. And he's like looking at Don Jr. And, and Don looks over and he looks at me, points his finger, and he sticks his teeth out. He goes, you're fired. <laughs> and Don, Don Jr. rolls his head like, Dad, you know, you, you like, knock it off. You know, like, it's a live show. So quit playing around. And they turn, all of a sudden, like, I'm like, that was pretty, that was kind of weird, but kind of cute. That was, you know, all of a sudden, a minute later, you hear, Ivanka, Ivanka. <laughs> and I look over, and Ivanka looks at me and goes, you're fired. <laughs> it was, you know what was amazing? It was Donald Trump in a down moment 
just having fun with his kids. Yeah, that's it. That's really what was happening, and I, I'll never forget it. Stephen, this flew by. This time flew by. I have to uh, have to have you on again as soon as as possible. I love talking to you. And if uh, if you happen to talk to Danny, tell him a Barnes said hello. If you if you have time, I'd appreciate that. But great interview, fantastic interview, and all the best to uh, the Gap. I love the Gap, by the way. It's a great name. Great American <laughs> pilgrimage, Stephen Baldwin. Thank you, sir. Thanks, guys. God bless. God bless you. What a good guy. Very, very impressive guy. Great guy. See, I, I just, ladies and gentlemen, i gotta, I got to read something to you in the next segment. We'll be back. Tom Bernard Show. When you care about your job, you care about the job you do. At Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning, they hire the best people, treat them right, and they treat you right when you call to schedule an appointment. Bryant Furnaces and Air Conditioners and the Sabre Blue Maintenance Plan are as good as it gets. This is Tom Bernard for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Visit SabreHeating.com for special savings on air conditioners. Plus, get more information on their Sabre Blue Maintenance Plan. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. This is Tom, and I want to tell you a story about camping. A guy named Tim, his back pain, and his angry wife. You see, Tim went camping with his family, but he aggravated his recurring back problem a couple of days before when he was golfing with his buddies. His wife had to set up the campsite and do all the heavy lifting, and Tim couldn't do a whole lot with the two kids. Tim was not a happy camper, and neither was his wife. The following Monday, Tim's wife got him an appointment at Hopkins Health and Wellness Center, a DMR method clinic. Their team of physical therapists and chiropractors figured out what was really wrong with his back, quickly got him out of pain, and taught him how to keep it from coming back. And what did Tim say was the biggest benefit of finally handling his back problem? Happy wife, happy life. DMR clinics are a group of physical therapists, chiropractors, and allied medical spine specialists that can help you feel better fast. They have a 96% success rate. It's covered by insurance, and you don't need a referral. They have convenient locations in Hopkins, Woodbury, Rogers, and Blaine. For a free consultation, go to dmrmethod.com. That's dmrmethod.com. One thing I absolutely loved about the Stephen Baldwin interview, and I thought Dave knew him actually, but you—I don't know why I thought you knew him. I don't know. My wife booked him for you, but I don't know. Yeah, uh, I okay. knew Jeff Belanger. That's it. Right, right. And Jeff yeah. was another great guest. He was a terrific guest. One of the great things I love about doing this this job, because it happens all the time, you get directives from from guests because they yep. don't want to be, you know, covering certain topics. And the question is not to ask Stephen where his brothers Alec and Billy regarding Trump, especially Saturday Night Live with Alec as Trump. I didn't bring it up, but he did. Mm-hmm. He brought it up, right? Any and all political issues relating to his brothers, which he brought up, but I didn't. Right, but he felt a safe zone because you but weren't on the attack right. and you weren't yep. making the interview about his brothers. You were asking him about his show, mm-hmm, and yeah. I think that brings down his his uh, wall of defense. And then if he, it's like you're picking on yourself, right? Yeah, I can do it. I can bring yep. it up and make yep. these shots. I don't want you to do it. I just think it, that's why I told him. I said, you know, Stephen, that's quite an honor that you would you know be talking about that stuff because I think with most people, ninety nine percent of interviews, he won't do it. I kicked myself. I I should have asked him. I, I you know I don't want to cause waves on your show, but I really wanted to know. I mean, he, he's a Trump supporter, but I'm just curious. Okay, I get where you see that there are possibilities and probabilities here, mm-hmm. but how do you feel when he tweets stupid things out? Yeah, do you, I, do you, do you I, I at understand. least admit that you cringe and go, why oh, does he have do to do I that? Ever. Yeah, and why why does uh, why did President Clinton have to uh, subjugate an intern? I mean, you, there are certain things that presidents do that are just stupid. Yeah, bad, no doubt about it. No good. There's no perfect president. No, Period. but one is doing no. it extremely publicly yeah, well, and constantly. Well, well, so, well, so, and so, well, so, and so did Bill Clinton. <laughs> but he was doing it behind doors and no, nobody no, would find no, out. It was pretty public and it was right out there. So I, um, I get the feeling Trump is doing what he's doing on purpose. I, I think he too. likes the fact that he can get everyone so... Uh, oh, he loves to stir the pot. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he loves oh, he to stir the pot. He's enjoying it. He would go away in a second if no one talked about uh-huh. it. It's, yeah. That's true. If it, if it didn't hit the news every night, he, would, he wouldn't do it anymore. What, That's right. There'd be nothing in it for him. You know, half the, well, I shouldn't <clears> say half, but uh, a third of the episode of the BBC, well, they, they have some Trump story on. Yep. Well, I don't want to hear about this. I, I just heard about it. Uh, so yeah. it, it makes us, inter- he's hitting international news. 
So I I don't know. I have to be nice to him. He's my neighbor down in Florida, so yeah, it'd be, you know, well, be about a mile away. You're gonna go to Mar-a-Lago. Probably be there for drinks. Huh? Well, Rocco knows him really well. He and Rocco were good friends. Yeah. Were so, were not anymore. I don't, you're the one that said they were good. Oh, friends. I thought they said they are. No, good no, friends. no. Rocco and, and Donald Trump play a lot of golf together, apparently. But uh, yeah, I've never met Donald Trump in person. I did talk to him that one time. Um, I don't know. I just my view of that whole situation is it, it, it's all through uh, through a filter because I don't like anyone who wants to be president. They're just not my kind of people. So no matter who wants to be the president, I don't like you because there's something wrong with you. <laughs> if you want to have that, that's the most powerful human being in the world. That's who you want to be, really. Do you think if Tom Hanks threw his hat in the ring for 2020, do you think he'd win? Yes. In a heart. Hanks? Yeah, the Jimmy Stewart of our in generation. A, that's exactly right. And I think he has the, the trust. And I'm just curious, you know, who would who would you look at that you'd go, now this guy I would endorse to, to jump in? Somebody that I would endorse to jump in to become president. That's off the beaten path. I'm not talking. Jeff Belanger. Yeah, I, no, I know his backstory. <laughs> <laughs> I know his backstory, so it can't be. No, I, I think what I would like to hear instead of you suck, you suck, no, you suck more than I suck, and you suck. How are we going to help the people? Right. Wouldn't it Let's be great if during a debate, people. when you get attacked, you go, geez, Ralph, I'm really sorry you feel that way. Anyway, homeless people, we really need That's to work exactly on making this it. happen. And you, you acknowledge what the, the guy to your left said to you. And then yep. you just go on to, this is what's important to me. I want to make sure that we're, we're taking care of the homeless, we're taking care of our vets, we're right. taking care of our, you know, and, and putting that out there. Boy, it would be great to see that instead of the, the knee-jerk uh, kindergarten politics we've seen for the last two years. Maybe I should run. Yes. Yeah, Ralph as president. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the cricket's uh, kicking. Here's uh, an example of what, why I don't like politicians. And I don't like very many politicians. Mm-hmm. I've known a lot of them, met a lot of them over the years. Um, just about a year ago, a woman at the Ordway said to me, she recognized me. I don't know how. I, get, I think They usually recognize me because of my voice, not because they know what I look like. Right. And she said, I just want you to know something. I think that Mark Dayton is the best governor we've ever had. And I didn't want to argue with her or whatever, but I'm thinking to myself, what did you bet? Why do you? What do you base that on? Well, now we find out this is a guy that spent so much money on nothing that we're 188 million dollars in the hole, and we're driving on icy roads. That they, what? Don't we have the money to put salt down to melt the ice anymore? What are we doing with our money? Because I tell you one thing, I've been watching it. Since I was a little kid in North Minneapolis, every politician was going to help us all out. We were all poor Catholics and black people. They were Jews that they had money, but nobody wanted to be anywhere near them. And it's the same neighborhood that it always was. Nobody ever got out unless they got themselves out. No politician has ever helped anybody. Do you know what I think that is? Is I think Jesse Ventura, whether you like him or or hate him, I think he stated the fact. You go in with idealistic morals and want to make a difference. And once you get true. in, you realize, oh, I have absolutely no power here. I'm that's a figurehead, true. and I can say I can pardon somebody, and I can do this, but I can't make any of the radical changes I want to make. And so, when I do, yep. I'm attacked by everybody. Yep. And I, I think that's what it comes down to is the ideology of, of politicians, I want to make a change. I want to do this for the people. I, hope I want to true. make it better. And people say, yes, Ralph is my voice. And then you get into office with full ideas to make this happen. And then somebody sits you down and says, you know, we can't do that, right? Oh, I mean, none of this, this is, is going to happen. You realize that. I mean, right. get into this, uh, whatever. That's and that's what why say. I think you see the politicians age like that. Oh, yeah. they do age and quickly, you look man. at the presidents, they got to be like, Oof. Oh, you know, and that's very... why I laugh, because doing the paranormal show, every president, well, I'm going to release the information on JFK and on UFOs. Yeah. And every one yeah. of them, you realize they get in, and they're like, oh, aren't you cute? Yeah. They just go sit down and shut up. Yeah, And that's we'll true. tell you what to oh, say yeah. next week on TV. I'm going to close Gu- Guantanamo. Oh, aren't you cute? Oh, Why don't you yeah. go sit you down? Are? Yeah, good job. What are we going to do? We're going to turn it into a Chuck E. Cheese? You goofball, <laughs> shut up. You know, when my brother got back from Vietnam, I, I, I don't know what it was I was talking about. I was only 15 years old when he got back. And he came home, and somebody made a comment to me, and I told the guy, why don't you shut the hell up? And my brother looks at me and goes, you know, Tom, the only thing you got to understand is 
You should never write checks with your mouth that your ass can't cash. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what you're talking about. That all these politicians write, politicians write a lot of checks with their mouths, and then when they find out they're in power, they can't cash any of them. Because they won't, they're not so allowed. So how would to. you, right? How would you deal with this? All right, let's say Dayton ran for president. Yes. And what if Dayton came out during his political run and said, "I want to tell you something, mm-hmm. that every politician makes promises, because they want to make this a better place for our people." I hope so. People. I hope that's true. Yes. And I will tell you this: I am disillusioned with the way politics works. And I went in to become the governor of Minnesota, mm-hmm. and this is what I found: I have no power. Right. And now I want to run for president because I want to start to fix that issue so that politicians can. That, to me, would seem like a platform that would win people over I in a heartbeat so. because you would start to see. You, you know where I'm going with that? You would see, I don't need to make promises that I'm going to fix things. Right. But I'm going to go in and try to fix them so that everybody going down the line can actually do the work that they're being voted yes, in for. That would be wonderful. And that would be the case. But again, I mean, it, I might be naive in that sense no. that then we go right in and we find out <laughs> I would you're going to do I would, what? I would fear that there's so much money behind this bureaucracy that you just can't move that needle. Right. You can't move that needle because there's so much money involved. And we live, uh, in, a, we live in a state of fear in this country that if we push too hard that we're going to be a, a militarized zone, that we're going to lose our deal. Because they've, they've made it seem that way, that uh, we're, we're always this close to having... Um, uh, martial law, right? Yeah, we're, we're always true. this close yep. that this is going to happen, and, and if it does, we're ready to to send the troops in and start. And whether it's true or not, whether it's disinformation or real information, we don't know the difference anymore. So I think people have become complacent and they stopped caring about politics because they feel like they don't really truly have a voice. And then when they start to feel like they have a voice, they get slapped around, no matter which side you're on. So I think it, it's come to the point where. We, the people, need to feel empowered again by our government, but the government is so corrupt and dirty. There's no way to change this. Honestly, there's no way to change the government. And we can't even say, well, we, the people, will not pay another penny in income tax if we all elected across the board to say, screw you. We're not doing a thing. Hey, look at time. But I'm just just saying, if if, if we tried to raise something like that, how quickly would would things be initialized that our powers are, are... Real abilities would be shown that we we have no choice in any of this stuff anymore. No, we don't. We have no voice, and that, that you know that we the people. There's no we the. People. You know where there's there's governmental voice. I think is at the lowest levels. Mayors, they might have a chance to change a few things in their vicinity, but I think that's where it stops. I don't but think once you start it, going up, they still do it for their own benefit. Well, sure, but I mean, but that's what you do when you choose a career path. Like that, you're going in for your benefit, and you're going in yeah. with an agenda in order to get it done. No Min- different than being a radio show host mm-hmm. or a plastic surgeon. You're going in because you want to do this. You want to help people feel better right. about themselves. You want to ent- entertain people, piss people off. Right. You want to, you, but you want you have an agenda. That's what all of these people do. No, it's very true. The only problem is, and I, and I really do believe this, Minneapolis as a city is two ticks away from being Detroit. This this town is in huge trouble. God, I looked up the. Remember when we were in Duluth, and uh, I looked up the crime statistics. Yes. Compared to like the comparatively, Minneapolis has like twenty, thirty times more crime than Duluth, and Duluth is not nearly as great as it used to be. No. So Minneapolis God, no. is even. It's yeah. It's Minneapolis is a disaster, and that was the mayor's poorly. office that did that. They they have destroyed the city that I love so much, the city I grew up in. You can't go downtown anymore after dark. You'll get smoked. See, I mean, but I've heard that since I moved here in 1991. I've heard, don't go downtown, and I've been downtown, and I've walked around downtown. Well, don't do it now. Well, that's what I've heard since I started here. So yeah, what's the real truth? Now, we hear L.A. Nick comes in and says all this crime is going yeah. on, but they're, they're under-reporting it. They're not, or is it the other side? Is there really not as much going on? I, I don't know. Well, I ran into a guy at a charity function. And uh, he walked up to me, and he was very happy. He said, I've recovered two years ago. I was walking downtown at 10 o'clock at night on a summer night. I was in front of the Orpheum, and five guys walked walked by me. I thought they were going to walk past me. One of them hit me in the face with a whiskey bottle and almost killed me. He was right. in the hospital for months and months and months. For, but how many people do you know that, right. that that's that kind of story? They didn't rob him. They, didn't, they just wanted to hurt him. That's right. All they wanted to do was hurt, hurt him. 
But what that, is in that for you? Nothing. That's people are are. Uh, there is this broke down yeah. attitude towards people where. You know, you, okay, kind of off on another side of this. When you talked mm-hmm. earlier with Jeff about how you love horror movies, yeah. why is it? Why do we? Because you know what, Tom? In the life you lead, right, there's this. And then you go see a horror movie, and you're looking for something to make you feel alive. You're, you want yeah, something right. to invigorate you, to, to grab yep. you, right? And that's why some people are – I was a cutter when I was in high school. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, it was – I just – I wanted to feel something. And yep. I used to do yep. this, and I know how stupid it was. My buddy Wally and I, you know, we'd be talking, and I'd draw a knife across my arm and split it open and, and, mm-hmm. and do it. And I still can't run my head through what made sense of it, but it was right. to feel something. Because at the time, I was dealing with a lot of darkness and depression. Right. And I, I just, I was so muted, I wanted something. I just wanted, I had to feel something. And I think that that's what a lot of Americans in, in, in these positions right now, people are so... They're so dis- disenfranchised from community, yes. from family, huh. from each other, that sometimes you do something startling, and it's horrible, and it's wrong, but for that brief moment, you were outside of the contextual environment that so, you're always a part of. So so, th- so these young people that have no control over, they, they, their perception is they have no control over their life, no control over anything, and in that moment, they're the hero, they've done something, their friends brag about it, they talk right. about it, oh, look what you did, look at you, you, you really did something, You re- regardless of what it was, you did something. Right. Because that, that's the only way that it makes sense to me that there's black-on-black black crime to the level there is. Yeah. Because as, a, as an oppressed uh, society for so long, for God's sake, stop killing each other. Exactly. But, but like but you don't said, start killing everyone. No, no, no. <laughs> no, I, I'm with you. Don't reach just, out. How about you just stop killing people? Instead yeah. of, that would be Instead good. of that being the aspect, what if it, on occasion they have these... Um, they have these gangs that will come together to do things for the community. Why yeah. couldn't that be the moment that for that moment you broke out of the shell of violence, you did something together, and that starts, we need to heap mm-hmm. them with more positivity at that moment and show them this is a better way to do this, and look yep. at the love and accolades you're going to get and the attention you're going to get. But you don't yeah, get as has, much money that way. Yeah, right? It has to feel like family, though. That's why a lot of those guys join gangs, because it feels like a family yep. to them, because they don't have one. Right, so let's kill our black brothers and yeah, sisters across the street because they're part of a different family. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Family. You're right. That's going to do it. Thanks for listening. Tom Bernard Show.